Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. And I'm excited for this week's episode because I have a great friend of the show, a fellow podcaster that I met through podcasting. He's a patron of the show, and he's just an all-around good dude. I just love knowing this guy. I love listening to his show, and I love when he comes on my show. Say hello to Julio from The Contrarians. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? This Friday night, the proper way. (laughs) Recording with Gerald. There you go. You got to start the weekend off right, man. You got to get with me on Friday, and then then you can have the weekend. Now, now your weekend can start. You know. Yeah. So that was my plan all along. Uh, (laughs) Wednesday inauguration, new president. Friday recording with Gerald. Twenty twenty one is off to a good start. (laughs) I love it, man. I love it. I'm glad I'm fitting into the uh, itinerary there for you. So tell everyone, man. Now this is a topic. Remind me, Julio. You pitched this to me a long time ago, right? I did. I think you did the last time we recorded because the last time you came on, God, remind me. It's been because uh, we did the, something similar. We did the best cringe-worthy movies. Yeah, we did the best bad movies. No, I think that was the first time, and then we did the the most. Oh, we did cringe-worthy as well. Yeah. We always do. Why do we always do do this we when you do come on? Positive every now and then. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, tell everyone what we're counting down today. Okay. So. I'm going to read exactly what's saying in front of me, like here on this screen that you've set up. And it says, worst movies ever. There you but go. That's, I don't know that that quite fits my list. Okay. Because oh, mine is like worst movies that I've watched. That doesn't mean that they're the worst movies ever. And actually, it's not even worst movies that I've watched. In order to narrow it down and make it interesting, mm-hmm. I'm making it worst movies that I've watched in a movie theater. Oh, okay. So you went meta in that way. Well, well, it takes it takes a lot more commitment, right? Because you know, you sure. buy a ticket, you you're in there. It's it takes a lot more effort to walk out of a movie than it does to just turn off whatever you're streaming. So mm-hmm. I use that to to kind of well, that makes sense. That makes sense, and you're right. It, it does take a little more effort to to power through it when you paid for it. Uh, you made a trip out to a theater and all that stuff. So that makes sense. I did want to talk to you a little bit about in the opening here about the criteria, though, because you know I I, I titled it "Worst Movies Ever," which I guess is our worst movies ever, not just the consensus worst movies ever, because that's obviously <laughs> open for debate. But personally, you know, these are the worst films. Now, what I wanted to do, and I don't know that I may have blurred the lines a little bit as we get into the list here in a few minutes, but I didn't want to, I wanted to distinguish between the worst movies, like that I just hated them versus like the most disappointing movies. I didn't want to do that because I started making my list and there were a few movies and I was just kind of, it was coming together really quickly actually, because what I was doing is off the top of my head, I was thinking about all the movies that just really let me down that I thought they were going to be great or I liked their predecessors and like they were shit heaps. 
Uh, so I kind of wanted to get away from that a little bit. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how you formed your list, because I know you said you saw these in the theater. So are these movies that you, when you went into them, you didn't know anything about them and you were just like, wow, that was a piece of shit? Or were you kind of expecting something and you got something else? Uh, I'm looking at my at my five and it's a mix of everything. I don't think that I went to any of these movies with an expectation of them being mm-hmm amazing movies mm. uh, but I also did not expect them to be as bad as they ended up being except for maybe my number one but <laughs> but the thing is Gerald I, I don't watch bad movies willingly you know as I know that that's a yeah, thing that, that's that a true. lot of our friends do yeah. and that's fine I, I just don't I, I've, I've said it on my show before and I've, I might have even told you like I enjoy hearing people talk about bad movies yeah. I don't enjoy sitting through a bad movie so when I go to the movies or, or even if I start streaming something unless i'm drinking with a bunch of friends and we're watching the movie to make fun of it i'm not gonna sit willingly you know my plan is not i'm gonna watch a bad movie i'm not like searching for bad movies to watch so yeah it's interesting it's interesting you say that actually because to piggyback on you what i've started doing recently julio is is i don't check the the like rotten tomato score anymore before i watch a movie just for Mm -hmm. that simple fact because i don't want to be like oh everybody hates this it's it you know, at least consensusly, it must be horrible because then I feel like that's going to skew me and I'm not going to watch it. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm very much like that too, where I like don't want to waste two hours on something that I quote unquote know is going to be bad and I'm not going to enjoy. So I'm kind of with you in that regard. Now, what I will say, and a lot of a lot of our close friends in our circle are going to know this, Julio, but just to let the listeners know as well, is I'm pretty sympathetic to movies in general. Like I like a ton of movies that I frankly shouldn't like. So <laughs> so for me to even have 10 movies that I could put on this list is pretty impressive because I tend to find at least something redeeming in almost everything, including some of the ones that I'm going to mention tonight, if I'm being honest. But at the oh, same you, time... You're a nice guy. Yeah, at no, the same mine, time, they're I, pieces of shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, mine are... I don't think I can say nice things about them. I, I look at the list and it kind of upsets me that I <laughs> spent time there. But then the other thing, I guess, is that I, I know, and I was telling this to our, our friend Dan... Uh, over on Twitter, I was like, I don't. I, I know I've seen movies that are uh, worse in the yeah. sense of uh, they they are more incompetently made than mm-hmm. the ones in this list. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't. It didn't really feel like they would make for like a lot of fun to talk about. Well, not uh, only that. Well, not only that, but. Okay, I, I don't think this would be on your list because I don't even know that you've seen this particular film. But like, there's this movie called Thanks Killing. Are you familiar with that film? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's not going to come up on your list, right? If it is, I'll no. stop talking. Okay, <laughs> so it's a movie about a turkey, an actual Thanksgiving turkey that is a serial killer, and he's getting revenge for all the turkeys that have been eaten on Thanksgiving throughout the years. That's the premise of that movie. It's shot by these friends with their own camcorder, video t- cameras. It's a horrible fucking movie. A Stupid premise and not well done. The acting is atrocious, but I love it. Like, I love that movie. (laughs) Now, I know that is easily would be in the category of one of the worst movies ever made. If you're looking at like from a technical perspective, but I'm not going to put movies on this list that we're talking about tonight if I enjoy them. And I sit through that literally every year. We just had a watch party. This past Thanksgiving, and a bunch of people came and watched that movie with me because it's just fun. To, like you said earlier, it's just fun with to sit around with friends 
and just kind of poke fun and just really sit there in awe, honestly, that something like that would be made to begin with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that if you have the right environment, they can be enjoyable. I don't know. It, it just there's so many things I want to watch that really takes a lot for me to be talked into watching something that I know it's going to be bad. Like I said, well, yeah, if we're having a party, then that's the, then that's then yeah. it's not about the movie; it's about the company. Yeah, but he, I, I'll I'll go one more. This is maybe an extra level, and I don't know if I'm gonna like, get on your list over this, mm. but. I could I could fill up if we're talking about just really bad movies like really movies that are like at the bottom of the list quality wise mm. I could fill it up with just Happy Madison productions you know <laughs> and that's also not fun <laughs> so I was trying to right. just have well, something interesting that, that would spark conversation yeah I won't be surprised if Happy Madison gets a mention uh, this evening but I, I hear you man I know what you're saying alright brother so we're going to do our top 5 worst movies ever uh, to us personally our worst movies that we've seen and for you that you saw in the theater which is impressive so I'm excited to hear your list so if you're ready man i'm gonna let you get us started okay when we come back we're gonna do a quick promo break coolio when we come back we're gonna get into our top five worst pieces of shit that, <laughs> that we have sat through every time you come on the show julio we talk about just horrible stuff we get we got to fix that yes yes we do <laughs> we'll be right back hello listeners did you know that there's a lot more content where this episode came from As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time and 100 G-Tunes. You'll also get regular main top five episodes, just like this one, super early, often weeks in advance. For as little as $1, you can help the show continue. Just visit us over at patreon.com slash two peas on a pod, or you can check the show notes for this very episode. Now let's get back to the countdown. All right, guys, welcome back. So like I said, pre-break, we're going to do our top five worst movies ever. I got Julio here from The Contrarians. Julio, I'm excited, man. What is your number five piece of shit? Okay, I'm looking at my list right now. I'm like, should I rearrange these? And I think I am going to. Okay. Because I, I brought up Happy Madison. And for all that I said, I do have a Happy Madison one here. It's just because it's so bad. And I watched it in theaters. And it's a sequel. And I actually thought the original was okay. Mm-hmm. But this is Grown Ups 2, which yeah. is yeah. kind of an easy pick. I'm starting with just the, the low-hanging fruit here. I, I think sure. everybody hates Grown Ups too. Sure. Uh, I don't know how many people watched it in theaters. I don't know how many people watched it expecting it to be good. But I remember watching Grown Ups 1, and it's not, you know, it's certainly not in like the top five Adam Sandler movies or anything, but it mm-hmm. was fine, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think it was... I've seen much worse. So when Grown Ups 2 came out, I was like, oh, I'll go watch it. I mean, everybody in that movie is a good comedian. And they... It's just, it's not even that they're not funny. It's that they're offensively unfunny. They're just so, have you seen it? I have, you know, and I have a very similar take to you. Like, I thought the first movie was obviously, would obviously be categorized as like a bad movie, but I remember fairly enjoying it. But then Grown Ups 2, I was just like, what the fuck? What, what is, this is literally Adam Sandler <laughs> getting his buddies together to just, I don't even know what. I mean, they didn't even really try in this movie. Nothing stood out to me in this film. I agree with you. This this is a piece of shit. It didn't make my list. I didn't think about it, frankly, for this list, but I probably 
it probably would have made my list had I thought about it. Uh, oh, but I, I remember, I'm like you, though. I thought the first one was okay. Yeah, I, I remember being mad when I was watching it. Because I, I felt cheated, which is weird to feel that way in a Happy Madison movie. Uh, <laughs> True. You know, even back then, I think we all knew what the track record was. But there's this running joke about Kevin James. Mm-hmm. I think he's trying to do this thing where he, uh, what is it? He burps, farts, and something else at the same time. That's it. And I don't know if you remember. He tr- he keeps trying to do it yeah. throughout the. No, actually, I think Kevin James can do it, and Adam Sandler is trying to do it to prove that he's as good as Kevin James. And uh, I think literally the last thing you see in the movie is Adam Sandler finally doing it, like, and he celebrates. That's the level that we're talking. About. Grown ups too. Yeah. Wow. It's really bad. And I honestly, I, I don't think it even has anything to say because the first grown up, no, as doesn't. stupid as it is, it's kind of a, you know, on a Sandler level, it's like a meditation on just growing old, like you and yeah, your friends right. growing You're, old. Yeah, absolutely. You're like dad friends and that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, yeah. the second one has nothing to say. It's just, it's just, you yeah. know, I agree with you. Shameless I, cash grab. I agree with you. If I thought about it, it probably would have cracked my top 10 too. But I am going to be talking about Adam Sandler tonight, though. So stay tuned. Ho-ho. All right. So my number five is a movie that. That you may not have heard of it's uh, underseen which thank god uh this is a movie now the reason i have an interesting story with this julio which is why it had to make my list in some form or another and it ended up falling here at my number five now well let me just start with okay so it's, it's from 2012 and it's a film called dorothy and the witches of oz that sounds like a porno gerald <laughs> it does right i wish it was a porno julio now you know who christopher lloyd is from Back to the Future fame. Of course. Doc Brown. You know, uh, what's the kid that was in um, Rudy and uh, Lord of the Rings? Frodo. Uh, Sean Astin. Sean Astin. Okay. So he's in this film. Christopher Lloyd's in this film. Uh, Mia Sara's in this film from Ferris Bueller. She was Sloan in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So this movie, okay, here's the story with this movie. So I used to write uh, film reviews. I used to write movie reviews for, for an entertainment website, right? And when this movie came out, I was given the task to watch this film. I got a screener of it and wrote a review for it. We did letter grades on this website. And I gave this movie an F minus, which is the worst grade you could possibly get. <laughs> I wrote a pretty short review about why it was a piece of shit. And the filmmaker responded to me angrily, the the director of this film. And then I had read a little deeper. His name is Lee Scott. It's a dude. And I had read a little bit deeper that apparently that was something he was known for, is that he would reach out to critics personally and like try to explain himself or, you know, tell tell the critics how it wasn't fair, their interpretation and like... Whatever. So after I kind of discovered that, I was kind of like, oh, okay, you know. But I can remember I was driving to the beach with my family when I started getting all these alerts on my phone (laughs) from him responding to my review. Uh, So that's just hilarious to me. That's been one of my brushes with like critical culture, if you will. But this movie is so weird, man. So it's obviously playing on the Wizard of Oz lore, right? And just to give you, it's so convoluted that you're you're probably going to lose interest in the one minute that I'm explaining it to you. But Dorothy is an author. Dorothy Gale's an author in New York City. It's almost in like modern day. She's trying mm-hmm. to sell this book. Uh, the book is based on these dreams that she's been having about the land of Oz. And throughout the course of the movie, we learned that it's not dreams, it's her repressed memories. And the you know that she actually was Dorothy. She actually was in Oz. And there's this whole thing. Christopher Lloyd plays the wizard <laughs> in a really over the top performance that's like I don't know, almost too zany to to even like comprehend this I hate movie, that i'm intrigued Carol. yeah it's so it's long it's like three hours long which you know oh, i hate i'm out yeah but it's just so weird man and it was such a 
the special effects are laughable. It was an overseas production. It was like, I want to say it was a British film that made its way over here to the States in 2012. And I wish it had stayed over there. So, so, when, the, so when the guy contacted you, was he like, hey, man, this was an independent production. You really need to cut us <laughs> some slack. Or was he more like, man, you didn't get it. Yeah, no, he was angry. I, I don't remember. Uh, I'm not going to misquote him because I don't remember exactly. But I remember he came at me kind of like. I was a hack in that I didn't <laughs> I didn't know good art basically. Uh, meanwhile, if in fact I wonder if this movie is on Rotten Tomatoes, I should look. It may be too underground to be on there, but uh, I'll look I'll look while you're talking on your next pick. But yeah, I want to say meanwhile I don't think there was a good review for this film that existed. So uh, it's not like I was the only one either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's oh, hold, uh, hold on. It is on here. Hold on. Ooh. Oh, well, it doesn't have a it doesn't have a critic score, but it has an audience score forty two percent, which is actually not too bad yeah okay so anyway uh dorothy and the witches of oz don't watch it but if you're intrigued enough then you know you can try i mean it's got some good actors in it you know christopher lloyd mia sara i mean you know gerald i'm not sitting down for three hours in front of the movie that you already told me is bad <laughs> <laughs> please don't please don't in 90 I minutes you. i i would be you know kind of curious enough to maybe check it out but no three hours hard ass yeah now i will say i will tell everyone listening and, and you as well julio that that's the only movie on my list that's probably like rare like people probably haven't heard of it because it's an overseas production that obviously tanked uh so the rest of my top five is pretty prominent features so just so everyone knows i wanted to get that kind of lesser known one out of the way and ugh, i hated that movie all right man so what's your number four uh my number four see my list is is opposite to yours because my obscure movie is at the very top okay but all the other ones are i'm assuming that people have if not seen them at least they've heard of them and they've heard about them my number four i saw in theaters back in peru and it has jeremy irons in a supporting role and i think it might have been the first time that i realized that good actors can make really bad movies. Like up till then, I guess I had this idea that if you see the name of a of a well known actor, of a good actor on a movie poster, you're like, all right, well this this is like a stamp of approval. It's a guarantee that this is gonna be halfway decent. Not so much Dungeons and Dragons, the movie. Ooh, ooh. Oh man, I haven't seen this. Okay. Oh, tell, me, tell me a little bit. Is it literally bad. based on like D D the game, you mean? Yep, yep. Uh <laughs> wow, okay. un- unless it's based on the cartoon that was based on the game. But it, I mean, I remember watching the cartoon when it was a kid and i didn't recognize anything jeremy irons is like the bad wizard he doesn't really have the big of a part I, I from what i remember it felt like they just shot all his scenes in one day they just put him on the set or with the castle of the dragons and they shot all that the daughter from american beauty i don't remember her name, uh thora birch that's right uh-huh. uh, yeah she's also she plays like the princess marlon wayans or is this Damon? No, it's Marlon Wayans. Uh, Marlon Wayans is one of the main characters. He what? plays the, I guess it's like, I don't play D&D, but you know, the classes, I, I, you can be a thief, right? Is it a thief? I don't know. Scum? I don't play, I don't play either. That's why I probably never saw the movie. Well, I'm sure your listeners know. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So, Drew, somebody uh, patron, patron Drew plays. He's, he's like a, what do they call them? Game masters or whatever. They run, run the yeah. games. Yeah. So Drew should know. Okay. Well, the, the, the class is kind of like a thief. That was Marlon Wayans from what I remember. And then some other dude was the warrior. I don't remember who he was, but it's just bad. It's just a bad fantasy movie. Marlon Wayans is like, he, this is what I remember the most. Marlon Wayans is playing, as you would expect, the, the comedic relief, right? But then he gets a moment toward the end of the movie where he he's facing off against this warrior and then he gets all serious and that's his death scene. He, mm. he, he fights and he gets all serious and then he gets killed. And 
I just remember thinking the nerve of the filmmakers to ask me to feel bad for this character in this movie because they don't earn it at all. I mean, it's just it's a joke. It's really bad. Wow, not yeah. a good not a good proclamation for D and D either. I guess not really promoting that. Huh? No, I, and uh, I really now I'm curious to to find out what Drew thinks about this movie. I'm sure he's okay. seen it because he he watches everything apparently. Yeah, oh, he it, definitely it, does. I know there's a new D and D movie that they've been talking about for a while. And I would imagine okay. there's no way that it could ever be as bad as this one. Yeah, I'll stay away from it. <laughs> I'll stay away from it, particularly since I don't play D&D. I feel like if I was in that world, I would probably check it out, you know what I mean? Or would have checked it out. Yeah, I don't but play I've D&D, but I, I checked it out just because, I mean, when you look at the poster and the genre, you're like, oh, right. it's a fantasy movie about dragons and wizards and just right. warriors. It, that should be fun, but it's yeah. just, no, it's bad. <laughs> All right, man. So Dungeons and Dragons, did you have the year on that one, Julio? What did you say year, what the year was? So Dungeons and dragons came out in the year 2000 that's okay. how we we started the, the new millennium and uh <laughs> the guy that was there next to uh marvel Wayans is justin whaling who mm. i don't know from anything i mean either yeah i, I don't think that he his career went anywhere i mean uh, certainly oh. dangerous and dragons didn't do anything for his career <laughs> it doesn't sound like it <laughs> all right man well that's your that's your four my number four is in my opinion, um, you know, and this is obviously not the list that we're doing, but I would venture to say this is probably the worst superhero movie I've ever seen. Uh, and it's Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. <laughs> the quest for me to fucking stop watching this. <laughs> so you've seen this, 1987? I, I've seen it, Gerald. Yeah. I've seen it in theaters. I could have put it in this list. Wow. But I honestly, I Superman 4 and Supergirl, I watched them in theaters. I don't have the i guess i remember enough of them yeah to to really hate them like i know they're known as bad movies but i just remember watching them as a kid and thinking they were pretty awesome you're right 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 yeah i came to this one later you know the first two movies i did see as a young kid and i have very very fond memories of superman and superman 2 superman 2 is actually one of my favorite superhero movies mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how far we have fallen when, by the time we get to <laughs> Superman 4, I mean, how are you going to... Who would have thought it would have been possible to make a movie worse than the one with a coked up Richard Pryor flying through the air with Superman, but they did it somehow in this movie. And really it comes down in my opinion, and this is all going from my memory because I haven't rewatched this. I don't plan to ever rewatch it, but you know, super, the convoluted plot and the kind of senseless plot for a Superman movie. It's more kind of like a Jason Bourne type plot. Like it doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't fit with the world that we're supposed to be inhabiting here with this comic book lore and character. But, you know, basically Superman has come up with this idea to rid the world of nuclear weapons. Okay. <laughs> he goes before the United <laughs> goes before the United Nations or the Senate or whatever the hell it was, and he's like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of all the nuclear weapons for you guys, don't worry about it. Uh, and that's the plot of the movie, and that's kind of how the movie <laughs> plays out. And it's like uh, Nuclear Man is mm -hmm. is the main villain in the film that that comes from the nuclear arsenal that's you know being harnessed within his body somehow. Uh, it's a it's a stupid plot. It like I said, it doesn't fit with this iconic character of Superman. And I it probably you're right though. It probably does hurt my you know, my appreciation for this film because I did come to it later in life and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like what do they do here? And I feel the same way about Superman 3, if I'm being honest. 
But Superman 3, in a weird way, is better because it's almost like it has a little bit of like self-awareness where it's almost like it's kind of poking fun at itself a little bit. Whereas Superman 4, it's like trying to correct that and be straight-laced again, and they bring back the continuity with the characters of like Lex Luthor's back and Mm -hmm. Marco Kidder's back. And it's like you're not you can't see what you're doing like in other words you're not aware of what you're doing and it's not very good this is also the first time that a superhero movie was a canon movie so this oh, was oh no this was uh <laughs> so if you can, if you can imagine what canon would do with a superhero movie this is it uh and it wasn't very good so uh the quest for peace is my number four i remember uh like i said i don't remember much about the movie but i remember that lex luther takes sale sample from superman's hair like there's some museum where they have yeah. superman's hair like holding yeah. like i don't know like an anvil or something and then luther <laughs> gets that and then i remember that there's a sequence where superman constantly is constantly kissing lois lane to wipe her memory do you remember that oh uh-huh yeah i do remember that yeah i remember Which the hair like, pretty pretty vividly and i remember that scene as well that you're talking about yeah it was just weird because it's one thing when you do it at the end of superman 2 and that's kind of cute but then when you just make it an actual superpower of his that he just uses all the time then it just gets really weird and creepy uh, <laughs> But still, I mean, oh, I've only man. seen it the one time, so that's pretty crazy that I still remember that. Yeah. Uh, and I agree. Superman 3, from what I remember, again, uh, has that awesome moment where Clark Kent is fighting evil Superman. Uh, you know, his his mm-hmm. psyche is, has broken down, and they're fighting in, in, in a dumpster or something, and uh, <laughs> eventually Clark Kent wins, and it's kind of a fuck yeah moment, uh-huh. even though the movie's ridiculous. <laughs> it right. kinda, I remember it getting me. So, right. yeah, yeah, I agree. Super, Superman 3, a little more slapstick, a little more self-aware I felt like and then I love Richard Pryor too so that helped even though you know it was kind of stupid that he was given the role he was given but they were trying to capitalize on his popularity in the 80s so I get that but it's still a bad movie but Superman 4 to me it was just like such a downer to end that franchise on you know with with Christopher Reeve I mean it was it was a bummer so it's definitely one of my worst movies and probably my my least favorite superhero film ever made which is saying a lot so we are up to you man what's your number three buddy all right I, these are not ranked as in like worst to even worser <laughs> except yeah. for the first one the first one is very much the worst but uh, yeah ranking was tough for me too I'm glad you mentioned that actually because we didn't talk about it at the top you know I tried to do yeah I tried to do this I was like all right which one is am I more likely to to want to ever rewatch? do you know what I mean or which mm-hmm. ones do I want to stay away from and never see again which is like what my number one is and and so on and so on so uh but anyway go ahead I didn't mean to interrupt you but yeah it was hard as far as how how I was going to rank these was tough for me too so all right so my Number three is the only movie in my top five that we've actually covered in the podcast somewhat. We didn't do a full episode on it, but it kind of became a recurring joke. And that is uh, Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, okay. (laughs) That movie fucking sucks, dude. And you, it is and, so bad. And I, and I know you're a fan of Christmas films, too. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's, it's really bad. Have you seen it? I have, but I don't really remember it all too well. Uh, you probably blocked it from your memory because <laughs> what they do to Jamie Lee Curtis in that movie is just... Uh, infuriating yeah. uh, and you being a Halloween fan 
mm-hmm. that probably would have hit you even harder. It's really dumb. It's based on a John Grisham book, but it's wow. not a lawyer movie. I didn't, <laughs> so, know, I didn't know that. Okay. The premise is that uh, Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis are they're this couple, and their daughter is traveling overseas. She's doing some, uh, I don't know, some sort of missionary work. And so now that their daughter is not at living with them, they realize that they could just not celebrate Christmas and save a lot of money and use that money to go on a cruise or something. But then the neighborhood finds out that they're not celebrating Christmas and they turn, the neighborhood turns on them because I guess they care so much about Christmas. So that's the movie. The movie is the neighborhood (laughs) harassing them to celebrate Christmas and them just getting into wacky situations, dealing with the neighborhood. And then about two thirds of the way through, it turns out that the daughter is coming for Christmas because she's getting a break and she wants them to meet her new boyfriend. So now they have to scramble mm-hmm. to to actually have a Christmas party and the whole neighborhood comes together. Right. It's just, it's full I, of really bad jokes. I remember, um, I remember vaguely, uh, Martin Short, is he the neighbor across the street? Or there's a neighbor no. that he's like feuding with that has, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Right? Dan Aykroyd is Ackroyd. the guy that's leading that's the right. troops for the, that's for right. the neighbors. And then there's a, <laughs> halfway through, they, they have this subplot about the, one of the neighbors that doesn't like Tim Allen, mm-hmm. uh, his wife has cancer. Mm-hmm. So every now and then the movie will go and like touch on that kind of like to give it heart. And oh, it wow. just feels, I don't know, it feels so fake. Wow. Okay. It's uh, the Craigs. Yeah. It has uh, Cheech Marin and Jake Busey as these cops that are. Oh, yeah. I remember wacky. that as well. Yeah. I remember that vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bad. The worst scene, probably, or at least one of the most embarrassing, is when they are, uh, because they're going to this cruise, then they go and they, to get, uh, fake tans, right? They go to these tanning salons. Tim Allen is on a Speedo and Jamie Lee Curtis is in this sort of bikini. But then something happens to where they have to leave. Like they they run into their pastor. I don't know, but it's it's all an excuse so you can have the camera just ogling Jamie Lee Curtis on uh, uh, while she's in a bikini and uh, everybody's like taking pictures and just harassing them. It's just so bad. It, wow. It's terrible. After right. we watched it, basically it became our barometer for bad movies because whenever we did a bad movie <laughs> on the show, we'd be like, is it as bad as Christmas with the Cranks? Is it worse than Christmas with the Cranks? And for the longest time, the the answer was no. Is <laughs> so. this is this the worst Christmas movie you've ever seen? Easily, yes. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Christmas with the Cranks is your three. As we get into my top three here, Julio, I just realized that my top three are three of what I would probably say are the worst sequels of all time. That were they should just be ashamed of themselves for literally. I won't say they tarnished the name of their predecessors, but they really tried damn hard to do so. So coming in at number three features one of my favorite actresses of all time. Now look, Julio, you probably know this as a fan of the show, but I've only done episodes dedicated to one person on a handful of occasions. Mm-hmm. And she's one of them, Miss Sandra Bullock. And I'm talking about Cruise Control, brother. Speed 2 is, <laughs> is my number three. Have you seen this? I saw it in theaters, man. And wow, you did really. You did. You really did hit these in the theater, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? I watched it not having seen the first Speed. Oh, wow. And so I was fine with it. I did, oh, I mean, it, Jesus it, <laughs> Christ. It wasn't, it wasn't a great movie. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I came out of there and I'm like, I need to watch the first one. You know, I mean, we oh, watched man. it and I was like, all right, well, that was a movie. And, and then I moved on with my life. I didn't watch the first speed until like, I don't know, a couple of years ago. So, uh, Well, um, hopefully you enjoyed the original. 
Oh yeah, the original well. is so much better, and I, I've never seen the second one again. Well, I mean, I'm sure most people know, but the, you know, the original Dennis Hopper is the main villain. The bus can't go under 50 miles an hour or it explodes, right? It's like always speeding down the freeway or mm-hmm. through the neighborhood or whatever. So guess what, man? We're gonna put it on a boat, and it's a luxury cruise liner. So first of all, speed doesn't even make sense. That's like the name of the movie, and. The tagline is, as the stakes get higher, the ride gets even faster, which is not true. Uh, (laughs) But there's just some ridiculous, you know, the dialogue in this film is so cheesy. The script is literally one of the worst things ever put out from a screenplay perspective. You know, the effects aren't horrible. I mean, it's a big budget Hollywood film and there's explosions and shit like that in it. But some of the over the top stuff that (laughs) really is just hilarious to me. Like there's a scene in the movie where, because Willem Dafoe is the villain in this one. He kind of takes on that role. And, uh, you know, he's got the the cruise liner is heading or is heading for one of those giant like uh, transport boats or whatever that carry the liners out in the ocean, you know? And it's like heading for it. You like think it's gonna explode. It's like this tense thing or whatever. And then when the when the ship gets to it, it just kind of sideswipes it a little bit. It just kind of goes <laughs> off the side. Nothing happens basically. It just keeps cruising along. And then they get to the dock and the ship crashes up on the dock going like ten miles an hour, you know. I remember and, uh, that. I mean, it's like so stupid. And again, I think having seen the first one and having been such a big fan of the first one, I was just like, guys, why did you do this? Like, it would have been still a bad movie, but like, just call it, you know, cruise ship or like something (laughs) not attached to such a classic. You know what I mean? Now, redeeming quality wise, which I told you at the top, I often find redeeming qualities. Sandra Bullock, America's sweetheart. I love Mm -hmm. her. And uh, I would, I would. Probably watch this again to see her and to laugh at how horrible it is. But yes, that's my number, my number three, man. Speed two. I think that there's there's certainly a difference because see, Gerald, you're not supposed to compare the speed of the boat to the speed of the bus because then, of course, <laughs> you're supposed to think of your speed. Uh, if if we set you on a race with a with that cruise ship and you're swimming yeah. and the cruise ship is going forward, it's still gonna be faster than you. Sure, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, that maybe that's where I messed up. I don't know. Yeah, but also, I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about Jason Patrick? Because I, I mean, Keanu uh, is. He he seems, from what I remember, I mean, he's more charismatic than Jason Patrick in the movie. Yeah, a fucking thousand times more charismatic. <laughs> uh, Jason Patrick was not good, bro. I, I read that, weren't him and Sandra Bullock dating at the time they filmed this or something? I didn't know that. I know that they're dating in the movie. Yeah, I want to say they were an actual couple at the time that this was filmed or maybe maybe right after it. But I don't know. It just didn't seem genuine to me. And it seemed, I mean, that you know, the the story behind it is that they obviously did offer it to Keanu and he passed it up. It was like going to be the biggest payday at the time. It was like, you know, 12 or $13 million they were going to give him to do it. And he didn't do it because he didn't want to do action movies. And he went and did Devil's Advocate. Uh, that year instead, which is a great movie, so I'm glad he did that. But I don't know; it was it felt like a really bad substitute teacher when you come in <laughs> when you come into school and you have the cool teacher every day, and he's out sick, and you get this piece of shit smuck, schmuck. You know what I mean? That's what it felt like. So, no offense to Jason Patrick if he ever hears this, but it was not his best work. I'll just put it that way. So, well, poor Jason Patrick, <laughs> but I guess I'll I'll say that I. 
I can see how he loses in the comparison with uh, Keanu. Watching it without that context, he was fine. You know, they, they were all just fine, just not great. <laughs> right. And right. Uh, and also, I remember. I will always remember Willem Dafoe. I guess he's using leeches to cleanse his blood. Yeah. I remember seeing where he has leeches all over his chest. Ah, I do like, yeah. Oh. And then there he brings the detonators or whatever in golf clubs on the ship. There's a scene where, and I haven't seen this in many years, but there's a scene where he like hijacks a helicopter and <laughs> literally it's like a fucking cartoon where he like, <laughs> the effects are just so bad. Like it'll, it shows his face like, ah, and then like <laughs> the helicopter hits this like perch on the ship and just stays there. Like <laughs> the forward progress of this helicopter didn't go past the bow of the ship when it when it made contact. And he's just like sitting on top of the perch of the ship. I mean, it's just a fucking joke. Anyway, we can move past Speed 2. <laughs> Guys, don't watch it. However, Speed 1 is a classic. So if you haven't seen Speed, go check that out. All right, man. We're up to our runner-ups. What do you got, Julio? Okay, my runner-up. We didn't do it on the show, but I watched it because of the show. A few years ago, we dedicated an entire summer to John Travolta. And we watch really good John Travolta movies and really bad John Travolta movies. And around that time, John Travolta came out with a new movie and he was getting trashed by the critics. So this one is a movie that I went expecting a train wreck. It wasn't, it didn't get super wide distribution, but it was playing on one theater in Austin. <laughs> right. And, you went uh, to see it at the theater. I, I went to see it. it. It just felt like it was appropriate. We're in the middle of doing that. And, you know, even though we weren't going to cover it on the show, I was like, I can just talk about it for a little bit. So the movie's Gaudy. G-O-T-T-I. Yeah, yeah I thought, based on John Gotti, I thought that might be where you were going. And I, I wanted to ask you, what is it? I didn't see it. What is it about this movie? Is it his performance? Is it the script? Because you're right. Everybody fucking hated this thing. Yeah, it's it's everything. <laughs> okay, all right. It's So it's it's kind of a mobster movie, right? Uh, Travolta plays Gotti, and he... Okay, problem number one. He plays him from his younger days until... He's really old. So just already strike one because Travolta can be really good, but he can't play convincingly. He can't play like a 30-year-old right now, Mm -hmm. right? He's an old guy. He's at least, you know, middle-aged to old. So Mm -hmm. when he's trying to pretend that he's a younger Gotti, it looks awful. It's not believable at all. That's the least of the problems, though. The the. The story is just basically his his rise and fall as a as a mobster. Except even though the movie shows you how he orchestrated deaths and he was, you know, orchestrating corruption, he, he was a mobster. There's no other way around it. And the movie uh-huh. shows you that he was a mobster. But the movie at the same time tries to turn him into this figure that needs that this misunderstood person. That's really didn't really deserve what what happened to him. He didn't deserve to be locked up for all these years away from his family. Uh, towards the end, of the movie because you know he's in jail. So towards the end, of the movie is about his son and basically the the whether his son is gonna have the same fate as his father. It it's it just okay. feels so like morally wrong. It's not just that the movie's bad because the movie's bad to begin with, but the fact that they decided to make a case for John Gotti as a misunderstood citizen of the United States. That, <laughs> right, right, right. right. You know? when he's one of the most infamous vill- or criminals, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like, are, are you kidding me? Like, this is, it's basically, you know, propaganda. And it, and of course, towards the end, you know, they, they have testimonials from people. They're saying, yeah, you know, God, he did all this for my neighborhood. He was a great guy. And, uh, and then the movie is dedicated to him at the end. <laughs> What? I know. Wow. It, it's really bad. Uh, mm, okay. Well, I'll stay away from it. I, I was intrigued by it. Uh, this is a couple of years ago. It's fairly new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was intrigued by it. 
and then kind of like fell into that trap where I started seeing the social media reviews and, you know, posts and people were like, you know, this is a fucking just a shit show. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll wait for home video. And then I didn't do that either. So I still haven't seen it. I don't know, man. You can, guess, if you're going to watch a Bath Travolta movie from recent years, just watch The Fanatic because that one is, it's also bad, but at least it's so over the top that it's kind of entertaining. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's, I might, it's uh, I might check that out. I might check that out. Uh, I, I actually thought about checking that out around October this past year when I was doing my horror watching and I didn't. So I might have to get back into The Fanatic. All right. So that's your number two. My number two is another sequel that I absolutely hate. I do take away little bits and pieces of it that, you know, kind of give me fond memories or whatever. But generally speaking, just such a disappointment, such a huge pile of shit. It's also from the 80s and it's also from 1987. It's Teen Wolf 2, all right? <laughs> Have you ever Jason seen Bateman, Teen Wolf right? 2? Jason Bateman. I, I don't uh, think I've seen it all the way through. I've seen the original Teen Wolf. Uh, yeah, the original Teen Wolf is one of my favorite 80s movies ever. But Teen Wolf 2, man, came out two years after that. And, you know, Michael J. Fox couldn't do the sequel because he was doing Back to the Future. And that was obviously a more promising franchise. So that was what he went with. He was doing Family Ties, the TV show at the time. So he was just too busy, basically. So they said, okay, well, let's get another hot up-and-coming actor that kind of fits the role. And they got Jason Bateman, who was young, hadn't really done anything at this at that point. I saw him on an interview with Howard Stern a couple years ago and Howard Stern was interviewing him and and Howard Stern asked him straight up about this movie and Jason Bateman straight up said that this movie almost ruined his career. He couldn't get work for like three or four years after this movie because that's how bad it was. It can't be that bad. It's horrible, man. I mean, now if you're a fan of the original, you're going to hate it even more. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of similarly to what you told me about Speed 2, if you go into it without, you know, without a lot of knowledge of the original or the story or whatever, it might not seem that bad to you. But, you know, this is only a couple years removed from the original film. I'm talking about theatrically, but I'm also talking about like plot wise. So it's college years, basically, because, you know, the first one's during high school. Wait, so he's playing the same guy? He's playing the... No, the, my, no, okay. no. Here's where... Uh, I don't want to turn this into a Teen Wolf 2 review, but I'll just let you know a couple <laughs> things that really bother me about it. So... <laughs> He plays Michael J. Fox's cousin, basically, okay? Okay. And, uh, you know, long story short, we learned that he has this lineage, too, where he can, you know, morph into a werewolf, which was Michael J. Fox's, uh, you know, privilege or whatever you want to call it in the original film. So, uh, you know, Scott Howard was Michael J. Fox, and his dad in that movie is... Jason Bateman's uncle, and for some reason, he's taking him to college on his first day of college. His <laughs> uncle is, <laughs> which obviously is the reason is because we're attached to that character from the first movie. But thematically, it doesn't make any sense because they never explain where Jason Bateman's parents are or like where the fuck his family is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Styles was a huge character in the first movie. He was like Scott Howard's best friend. Well, they recast him in this movie, and they recast him with an actor that doesn't even fucking look like Styles. Like, <laughs> Not, I can't remember the actor's name. He's been in some other stuff, but I was like, who the fuck is this guy? But And then they had characters kind of placed throughout. It It really actually makes me angry to even talk to you about it, uh, Julio, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Just is such he, a disappointment. Does he play, does he play basketball? In- no, he's a, he's, in, he's a wrestler. He's in the re- on the wrestling team. Okay, so basketball is the Michael J. Fox one. Michael J. Fox is basketball. Okay. Here it's wrestling. It's the same plot kind of 
regurgitated. You know, he's good at sports when he's a werewolf. He's a nerd when he's not a werewolf. Uh, you know, the hot chicks like him when he's a werewolf. Uh, <laughs> the one kind of nerdy girl likes him when he's human, and he should be with her. She's the one, but he won't do that because he likes the popularity when he's... I mean, it's the same shit. The problem is... <laughs> <laughs> the problem is there's no fresh jokes. They mix in all these recasts with all these characters from the original. They're all kind of mixed together in a hodgepodge. It's just it's just not good, man. I actually rewatched it for the first time last year because it came on. It was either Prime or HBO Max or something. I was like, oh, Teen Wolf 2. Like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, God, this shit again. Like, as soon as I started watching it, I'm like, why the fuck did I do this? Because I haven't seen it in like 15 years because I hated it so much. And I still hate it after watching it. I want to say I gave it a one maybe on Letterboxd when I rewatched it last year. Uh, yeah, Teen Wolf 2, man. That's, that's my number two. I, I would say easily probably my top five worst sequels of all time, too. Wow. I, yeah. I am a big fan of Jason Bateman, and I probably watch anything that he's in. So I I could probably, out of all the movies on your list so far, this is the one that I'll be more likely to watch. Not that I'm going to do it, but if I had to. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, I try to give him a pass, man, because, you know, his career was brand new. And, he, and they're like, hey, man, you want to be in the sequel to this huge Hollywood blockbuster? So it's like, okay, I mean, I don't fault him for like, and he does an okay job, especially considering he was brand new. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, something else I love about this movie is John Aston, who was um, uh, in the Adams Family. He was Gomez Adams in the Adams Family TV show in the '60s. Mm-hmm. Is in this movie as like the headmaster of the school, uh, the dean of the school. So I like that casting. That was really cool to see him in this kind of role. He's kind of like the villain in the movie. It's the same plot. You remember in the original <laughs> how the principal knew something was up with Michael J. Fox and he followed right. him into the bathroom to see if he was turned into where. So it's the same shit, except it's the dean of the college as opposed to the principal of the high school. So for all those reasons and probably many more that I forgot to mention, that's why I hate uh, Teen Wolf 2. But if you check it out, please report back to me and let me know what you think. <laughs> All right, guys, so we have kind of blown through it here, but we are up to our number ones. Julio, I'm interested because you said your number one is far and away the worst, right? So what is the number one worst movie for you, man? Uh, Yes, and this is – so the problem with this one is that nobody, I guarantee you, Gerald, nobody that listens to your show has seen this movie. They haven't even heard of this movie. And that's why I I, kind of felt weird putting it at number one. But at the same time, it kind of, it is part of my life. And so I have to do it because it's just, I saw it in theaters. And so it's just like a legit movie theater experience (laughs) that I had. Uh, It's a Peruvian movie. That alone, you know, just had, I'll be curious if any of the people that listen to your show have even seen a Peruvian movie. And don't get me wrong, their Peruvian movies are good, but there's also really terrible ones. And this is one of those. It's called, in Spanish, it's called Mi Crimen al Desnudo, which is in, in English would be kind of like uh, my crime, my naked crime. I mean, that's literally, you know, if you were to take the words literally, but it's more like uh, my like crime exposed. <laughs> I like the title of my naked crime. Sounds cool. So far, <laughs> so far I'm in Julio, but keep going. Okay. So, so on one end, you have just the, the aesthetics of it, right? It's just, uh, it's clearly an independent movie. So it's not, it's not a big budget extravaganza. It's not like it looks great. It sounds great. It has great actors. Forget about that. I mean, it's just, it looks terrible. It sounds terrible. It, and and the acting is atrocious you know that there's all that but it's also it's based on sort of a real story there was this infamous psychologist or psychiatrist in peru during the 80s he he was known because he had gone crazy and he strangled one of his patients with a belt it was like 
it, it was like you know how you guys have OJ here. <laughs> so, yeah, we. That yeah. kind of. I love, how I'm, I love how I'm supposed to claim OJ. Oh yeah, no, I got OJ. Yeah, sure. What do you mean? Well, I'm talking about how you have this <laughs> gruesome crime that has become part of pop culture. Uh, pop culture yeah, no, right? absolutely. Yeah. So uh, same thing. It's like growing up, you know, I was like a little kid, and I knew this story, which is horrific, right? But this, yeah, this psychologist or psychiatrist murders his patient because the patient was, I guess, he he believed that the patient was a, a threat to society. So that guy goes to jail, the, the psychiatrist. And then eventually, I guess he comes out, but he comes out and he's still, you know, bananas. But he's he's a pop culture figure. So every now and then you see people interviewing him and, you know, he has green hair and uh, he's always talking like, you know, he's a crazy person. Um, anyway, I guess either somebody contacted him to turn his story into a movie or he raised money to make a movie but that's what the movie is about my my crime revealed my crime uncovered is the the story of his crime <laughs> wow. sort of as is told by him like he is there like the guy himself is there as a narrator like he shows up every now and then and it's just like dancing and it's just really weird and then there's like the other guy i guess the, the guy that he killed is is there also like you see his story until they meet i don't remember the this specifics because uh, it's been a while but yeah. i remember i had a friend you know in peru that was so excited that this piece of shit movie was coming out he was like thrilled that it was getting a theatrical release but the only theater that it was playing on it, it, it was downtown in a really bad area and uh, he's like don't worry you know you, you go with me we'll be fine so he took me to this theater and he was just i can't tell you for a fact that it was just a, a, a porno theater but i'm pretty sure it was <laughs> You know, just like the the area and just the the oh, once we went man. in, just what it looked like, and and then you know they projected the movie. It, it, the movie's not a porno, but it's it's <laughs> right, right. It, sure. There's a lot of gratuitous nudity. Uh, there's a lot of. Uh, I'll send you the link to the trailer so yeah, you can kind of get a feel yeah. for it. The every now and then there'll be a musical number. There's just like this uh, orchestra, like playing you know salsa, and there's these these, these uh, <laughs> scantily clad women dancing. It's just <laughs> all right, okay. Uh, well, but anyway, I. I remember sitting through, I don't know, it's like 90 minutes, maybe two hours. My friend is laughing the entire time. Nobody gives a shit. Like, there's maybe 10 people in the theater. It's a huge theater. And uh, everybody's just kind of, nobody cares, right? And then as we were walking out of the theater, uh, a guy that was sitting, I guess, on the same road, somebody was coming out at the same time as we do, he's literally pulling his pants up, dude. (laughs) What? I know. Wow. I was like, all right, well. That happened. We're, uh, that's, that's, uh, we've hit rock bottom as far as uh, Peruvian <laughs> movie experiences. All right, uh, so give me the so give me the title again one more time. So you need to look it up as Mi Crimen al Desnudo, in, you know, which is like my crime, my naked crime, or my crime revealed. Uh, and the guy, the I was telling Dan about this earlier because I was sending him the I sent him the trailer, and the guy's name is Mario Poggi, like P O G G Y. That's like the the guy that went crazy. And so, you know, if you Google the name of the movie and his name. You come up with a whole bunch of results. Like it's on IMDb. There's no information, but the, the movie is on IMDb. And uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not skilled okay. at finding uh, you know streams that are not legal. But if yeah, you guys yeah, are, no, but you send me the trailer. Send me the trailer though for sure. I would, ch- I would check it out. <laughs> it's it's right, really man. bad. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, but I would recommend everybody watch the trailer. Yes, please. Uh, send me send it to me for sure. All right, man. My number one here it is: the worst fucking movie of all time, in my opinion, brother. 
So <laughs> not only is it making this list, I am going to go ahead and tell you guys that it is the worst movie of all time that I have seen, at least. Of course, there's probably movies that are worse that I've just never seen, which is probably a good thing. However, the worst movie I've ever seen is, can you believe this? What a shitty year 1987 was. Another 1987 film is on my list. I didn't even realize that, Julio, when I did my list. But three out of my five are from 87. But it is Jaws, the fucking revenge. All right? <laughs> I haven't seen the, it. Okay, good. It's the fourth and final installment in the Jaws franchise. As I'm sitting here talking to you right now, one of the posters behind me is from the original film Jaws. It's one of my favorite films of all time. Jaws 2 is not bad. Jaws 3D, I'm kind of like, okay, they're one to make some money. Sure. I mean, I guess it's fun at times, but it's not a good movie. But then this movie comes along and wow. And you were talking earlier when you mentioned, uh, I can't remember the actor that you mentioned, but you said that how, uh, oh, Jeremy Irons, you were talking about. Right. But you said that, you know, you see a cer- certain actors in movies and you're like, oh, okay, well, they bring a certain gravitas to the role. It's it's going to be, you know, they're too distinguished to be in a really shitty movie. Well, Michael Caine is in this movie and he has a pretty prominent <laughs> role in this film. Uh, and in the 80s, Michael Caine was doing some stuff. I mean, he wasn't a no name. You know what I mean? And like I said, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. The Shark in this film, if you want to fucking call it that, <laughs> is somehow worse from an animatronic and a special effects standpoint than a shark that Spielberg used 12 years earlier. So all the advancements in cinema and in special effects, somehow they came up with a worse replica of 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 a killer shark in this movie. There's one scene in the movie, Julio, and I'll just give, give, give you this as a little, paint a little picture for you. There's one scene in this movie where the shark... It pops out of the water, right? And it <laughs> roars. It makes an audible roar, okay? Uh, like a lion, basically, noise when it's attacking these these folks on this boat. Dude, this movie is so fucking, like, just headache-inducing, okay? So the plot, I don't really know the fucking plot, if I'm being honest with you, but <laughs> Brody's wife in this movie has some kind of a kind of psychic or mental connection to the shark, <laughs> And the shark follows her from Massachusetts or Cape Cod or uh, Martha's Vineyard, where they shot initially. From Martha's Vineyard to the Bahamas. <laughs> okay. They go on vacation to the Bahamas. And the same shark that killed her son off the coast of Massachusetts is now in the Bahamas. All right. And we're supposed to believe that he can find her because he's connected to her psychically. All right. I mean, sharks you, are how, smarter than you think, man. How do you feel? How do you feel at this point in time of what I told you about Jaws Revenge? I think that the 80s were wild. And <laughs> yeah, you, get, you could get away with a lot. 87, brother. What the hell were they doing in Hollywood? Oh, man. Jaws of Revenge is, uh, man. Yes, this is the one movie when I talked at the top about blurring the lines between disappointment and just hating it. This is both. I mean, it's just such a disappointment. Kind of like what I said with Superman 4, that this is how this franchise is going out, man. It's just such a shame. The plot makes no sense. They're on YouTube, people have done clips where they cut up the scenes from some of the special effects sequences. And you can tell they used, like, if you pause it at certain points, which people have done on YouTube, and you can you can watch it, which I would definitely recommend watching that over the actual movie, by the way. But you can see where people are like, uh, the filmmakers like held up a toy shark. Like, if you pause it, it's like a fucking plastic toy shark uh, that made the movie, okay? So, this is a, an abomination. It is definitely one of the worst films ever made. I feel like that's probably a consensus opinion, by the way, but it's definitely my opinion. I hate it. And I hate what it did to the legacy of of one of my favorite films of all time. 
in 1975's Jaws, which is a masterpiece. So you yeah. know it's awesome because you were saying that Michael Caine was was somebody in the 80s. Yeah, Michael Caine won an Oscar in yeah. 87, uh, mm-hmm. and the reason he wasn't at the Oscars to take the award is because he was shooting Jaws 4. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How ironic that that is. And he's been quoted. I don't remember the exact quote, but it's like hilarious but he's been quoted as saying how he never watched the movie because he knew when he was filming it and when he was working on it that it was a horrible movie (laughs) that's what he's been said when they've asked him about it Uh, i don't know his exact quote but it was something to the effect of that so yeah jaws of revenge i agree with michael kane it's not a good flick man so stay away from it (laughs) all right man so why don't you just wrap up real quick julio and just remind everyone what was your five worst movies again uh so number five was uh my one happy madison pick grown-ups two Mm -hmm. number four was proof that good actors can be in terrible movies dungeons and dragons number three is the movie that we've referenced on the podcast time and again christmas with the cranks is anything worse than christmas with the cranks number two is a movie i watched because i was in on such a john travolta kick i watched gaudy mm-hmm. and it was gaudy awful <laughs> and finally my number one is a peruvian independent movie about a crazy psychiatrist that killed his patient and then made a movie about it it does, sound like, it does sound like an interest it does sound like an interesting plot though well yeah yeah i mean you mm-hmm. could make an interesting movie about it i think that you could make an interesting movie out of every single movie that we've discussed but you that's need true to have the i mean you know the idea of superman deciding that he's gonna take care of the nuclear problem that sounds awesome <laughs> but they didn't make a good movie out of that. Right, right you're onto something there all right uh, so my number five is a british film called dorothy and the witches of oz not a porno julio <laughs> my number four is superman the uh, superman four the quest for peace which they did not find peace <laughs> with me within me my number three was Speed 2 Cruise Control. <laughs> Some of these titles even, I feel like they're a joke almost. My number two is Teen Wolf 2, and that's T-O-O. Okay, just so you know, it's not T-W-O or the number two. It's T-O-O for some fucking reason. And my number one is Jaws the Revenge, which is my most most loathed film of all time personally. So it had to be number one on this list. All right, Julio. So if you want to, you're on the P's, man. So I assume you want to round out your top 10, which I'm going to do. You want to just list your honorable mentions real quick, man? Yes, sir. Number six, and these are again, they're not like organized by worse to better or anything like that. But uh, number six would be Aloha, Cameron Crowe, Mega Bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, one, one I never saw, surprisingly, because I'm a big fan of his, but I never saw it. It's worth watching because you need to see it to believe it that a filmmaker as talented as Cameron Crowe could make a movie that's so bad. It's, yeah. I, I, I remember telling my friends it's like he forgot how to make movies that's how yeah, bad it is yeah. this one it might hurt you a little bit and i i, I even feel mean uh talking about oh. it but it's one of the few movies i've walked out because oh. i just couldn't take it anymore <laughs> sweet home alabama with your girl reese witherspoon what <laughs> julio what I'm are you sorry, doing man. brother that's fucking that's a rom-com classic right there it's so bad it's, got, it Re- also... it's got my reese cup in it man i can't believe you i know but you know what it is the I hate the trope of uh, when they try to tell you that living in the city is bad and living in the country is good. Yeah. And this movie is that. The movie is about that. She's. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not a good movie. I just I do have fun with it though, but it's partly because I just love Reese so much. Yeah, and and, you know, I I I like Reese Witherspoon a lot, and it's possible that if I watch the movie again, I just wouldn't care. I wouldn't Mm. have such a negative reaction but at the time it really got under my skin and when it was just ramping up 
to the big happy ending. I was like, fuck this. And I just got up and left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get so, it. I get it. I get it. Number six, seven, eight. Number eight is the only movie that I had to put on the list and I haven't seen in theaters uh, because to me, it's just bottom of the barrel terrible and that is ready to rumble uh, mm. starring hulk hogan yeah and tiny that's... lister i rewatched this for the podcast it was the first movie that we watched separately uh you know because we were quarantined by then it was i, I mean my co-host alex he's very much into wrestling so even though he knew it was a bad movie he he still had fun and if i'd been watching it with him i think i would have been able to enjoy it a little bit better because he would have been there providing commentary and whatever mm -hmm. right but mm -hmm. i watched it on my own and it was miserable i had to keep pausing the movie and doing all other stuff because it's just so bad and i yeah. needed to take breaks so yeah uh, not a good movie i agree with you nope number nine i watched this movie at work it was as, as part of my job, I had to screen movies. And so the first movie I ever screened at a movie theater was uh, Super Babies, colon, Baby Geniuses 2. <laughs> Starring John wow. White. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't know. I've never seen the first Baby Geniuses, but I don't know if John Voight was in it. I know he was in, in the second one, and it was just so bad. Yeah, I was going to say, do you have to see the original to follow the... <laughs> The sequel, probably not, right? I don't think they have superpowers in the first one, but it's still, I, I can't fathom it being good. Uh, right. And finally, uh, talk about disappointments. Righteous Kill, the, the Nero Pacino team. Oh, okay. I know of that one, but I've never seen that one. That one, I would say it's worth watching because that one will make you laugh at how bad it is. But it's yeah. also, at the same time, just mind-blowing that you could get such good actors and then waste them like this you know right. uh, i mean at this right. point it's not so surprising that de niro or pacino would be in a terrible movie because they've done plenty of shitty movies but even so you know that the just to have them side by side and yeah. just waste them in a really bad uh police procedural it's just terrible yeah it's crazy all right so my number six would have been a movie called geely with ben affleck <laughs> and j-lo i thought about it Ugh. oh god um I didn't see it in the theater or I probably would have walked out. Uh, I feel like I stopped this movie like halfway through and then came back and tried to give it another go for the second half and it, it didn't help. It's just not good. It's billed as kind of a romantic comedy, I guess, uh, with some action built in there. I mean, I love J-Lo. I'm not a big fan of Ben Affleck. Generally speaking, I think he's a great director, but I don't, I mean, I don't dislike him, you know what I'm saying? But I don't like gravitate towards his roles typically. So mm -hmm. it just, there was nothing there for me. I just, it just wasn't very good. Pacino said that one, speaking of I know, yeah. Shitty I know, yeah. So look, man, you were talking about these Happy Madison productions. So I got Jack and Jill at my number seven. Haven't seen it. Another Pacino. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you're right. I guess Pacino is making tough choices. Yeah, man. I don't. I mean, what can I say? I mean, Adam Sandler. Whether you like him or not, you're not going to like him playing his twin sister. <laughs> Fucking doing basically a character off of SNL for 90 minutes. It's just a bunch of daba do bullshit, you know. Uh, my number eight would have been my worst movie of this past year, Fantasy Island. Holy fucking oh. shit. Oh, God, what a fucking pile of shit. I talked about this on our 2020 episode, actually. But, yeah, it was just convoluted, made no sense. It, there were zero scares in the movie, zero characters that you cared about. It was just the dumbest shit I've ever seen. I I saw all of last year, so it's really bad. Yeah, I I watched that one in theaters. I I don't have the the problem with uh, Blumhouse Productions that a lot of people seem to have. I have mm -hmm. zero problem like turning my brain off so I can just mm -hmm. enjoy a dumb horror movie. Yeah. But this was just too bad. <laughs> yeah, not good. Now speaking of horror movies that were not good, this was the year prior, twenty nineteen, but it was a film called Aqua Slash. Have you ever heard of that or seen that? Never heard of that. 
bro. I guess this could also fall under the disappointment umbrella, however, but it's a it's an independent film. It's a low-budget horror film, which I typically love, right? And the premise of this film and the trailer that they released to promote the film when it came out. So the premise of this film is that there's a, a crazy person at the local water park, uh, kind of like a killer's on the loose. Nobody knows who it is. And he has rigged up the water slides with these giant blades to slice Jesus. people in half. Okay, so that's the premise, right? The problem is, is that 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 plays out as a really good kill scene, but where's your movie? <laughs> like, you can't, do, <laughs> you can't make that premise last for 90 minutes without it at least connecting us to some of the characters or love stories or maybe the killer's motive or anything like that. They don't bother doing any of that. They just kind of have these kids having sex at the water park, doing drugs, basically just waiting for their chance to go down the slide and be killed. I don't, it, it had a really, really good premise and I will give it that, but it just did not execute as a feature length film. And it, it, it was, it was a shame because I thought it was a really cool premise when I initially heard about it. And then my number 10, we haven't mentioned, I can't believe, but it would have to be Catwoman with Halle Berry. Yes. I mean, I can get behind that. That yeah. is a terrible movie that I also watch in theaters. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think Al Pacino's in that though. So luckily, <laughs> lucky for him, he dodged one of my issues. <laughs> well, you'll need Pacino when you have, uh, oh God, what's his name? You would know him from Miss Congeniality. Yeah, Benjamin Bratt from Miss Congeniality. Sharon Stone. I mean, it's got a great cast. I mean, Halle Berry, I love too. Uh, Francis Conroy. I mean, it's got a good cast. It's just, I mean, you know, I like Halle Berry in the Catwoman costume, you know what I'm saying? But uh, (laughs) other than that, what else we got there, man? Not much, you know? So, all right, there you have it, guys. So, me and Julio's worst movies that we've ever seen julio you know you you came on we did cringeworthy you came on you came on initially we did good scenes and bad movies and now we're doing our worst movies we gotta i i apologize i gotta get you something positive get you back here to talk about movies you actually like so i'm sorry about that but i know and i you know i pitched you something a while ago and you said oh we haven't done that and i don't remember now I don't either, but, but I'm pretty sure it was something positive. Yeah, we'll figure something out. I apologize, but you, you, you'd always do a great show over there, man. The Contrarians. Why don't you tell everybody what you have coming up and tell them where they can find you, brother? Uh, what do we have coming up? Oh, you know what we have sort of coming up. I'm actually, I was a little late to the recording today because I was uh, finishing the first episode, like editing it. But uh, uh, live stream for the Cure last year, Gerald. I don't know if you remember, but we had sort of like a, a tiered reward system during our segment, mm-hmm. and uh, the idea was that we had four tiers. Every tier that we hit we would do uh, we were promising that we would do a movie a sexy movie because we're talking about sliver that segment it's yeah uh, which also we- i would consider for this list by the way <laughs> oh come on <laughs> it'd be like my 12 or 13 probably <laughs> uh anyway we had like a slate of four sexy movies sexy trashy movies and yeah. uh and we hit all our tears so so now we're finally getting around to kind of making good on that promise uh, so today, as we record, uh, we just released the episode on Jade, just mm-hmm. directed by William Fritkin, who mm-hmm, directed yeah. The Exorcist. <laughs> David Caruso, yeah. David Caruso on it. So we just did that one. Uh, next month, we are doing Indecent Proposal. Okay. Uh, the month after, in March, we are doing Showgirls. Oh, I love that movie. And from then a, From a campy standpoint. <laughs> Uh, April, the big finale is Crash, the the David Cronenberg movie where people like to uh, have sex in cars. Yeah, true, true. And around car crashes. But uh, 
we have that coming up. We're doing a. We have a bunch of movies lined up also that are have nothing to do with sex. We're doing a Beasts of No Nation. Oh, okay. Uh, Dan will Dan's be happy request. About that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's his request. Oh, never mind. Okay. It was his request, and then after that, we're we're doing RoboCop because we needed something that was completely different. All right, cool. Well, tell them where they can find it all, man. Uh, just search for the Contrarians on your podcatchers. If you want to check out our website, wearethecontrarians.com. That has all our show information. But yeah, the Contrarians. That's that's where you. That's how you find us. Absolutely, man. I'll put the information in the show notes for the people too. Julio, I'm a big fan of yours. Thanks for supporting the show and thanks for being a good friend, man. I appreciate you coming back. I'm a big fan of yours, Gerald. That's why I keep coming back. Absolutely, man. All right, guys, we will be back next week with another top five and another pee on the pot. Take care, guys. Listeners, I want to talk to you for one second real quick about the Golden Pea Movie Awards, referred to lovingly as the Golden Peas. Every year, I take the opportunity to celebrate the year in film, and 2020 is no different. Please head over to twopeasonapod.com slash goldenpeas and find all of the nominees as well as links to a ballot that you can use to vote. Voting is open from January 29th until March 1st of 2021. We feature all of the main categories that you will find at shows like the Golden Globes and the Oscars, but we poll the film and Twitter and podcast community to get those nominees. And as you know, they are chosen by you. So please cast a ballot, head over. Once again, it's twopeasonapod.com slash goldenpeas. We love movies and we love celebrating movies, and we hope you come to the party this year.